0: The City of Chicago has announced a plan to fast-track resettlement of asylum seekers and free up space in city-run shelters. But it relies on imposing time limits on how long migrants can stay at city-run shelters and cutting the rental assistance available to people who do make it into housing in half. And this assistance won't be available to the newest arrivals entering shelters. Here to share their thoughts on the news are two volunteers who work with migrants. Erica Viegas is the volunteer lead for District 8 Police Station Response Team. Welcome back, Erica. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Natalie.
0: Deborah Michaud is a volunteer with Refugee Support Chicago that works with migrants at O'Hare, people moving into the city run shelters and permanent housing. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you. These time limits went into effect on Friday. When and how did you find out, Erica?
1: We found out on Friday um, by. Other volunteers that were notified, so we were scrambling um, with a lot of our families that have been looking for housing, trying to see what we can do to secure even more housing before the Sunday deadline to be able to get their 60, their six-month voucher approved.
0: Deborah, the city has said it needs to put parameters and restrictions in place. What's your response to that?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I, I understand that they need to have some parameters of course but these parameters that they're putting i mean without they're they're not giving us any indication as to where people are going to go after 60 days um so we've got we've got two parameters we've got the 60 days in shelters and then they're limiting these housing vouchers to three months instead of what used to be six months Um, right now people are already losing their apartments um, after six months of vouchers because they don't have the legal ability to work um, so you know, the and then the sixty days in shelters, I mean, where are they gonna go? That's my question. So apparently they're going to have to restart the whole process over again, but um but what does that mean in reality? Are they gonna be shift? are they gonna be shuffled from place to place, um, causing even more disruption? You know, what what we want for these people is to be settled and to be able to work and to be able to, you know, um you know, settle themselves in neighborhoods and have their kids go to school and have their their work. And um, so I feel like this is just more and more disruption.
0: Erica, at the end of the 60 day time limit, people will either have to file for an extension or return to the city's landing zone. And that's where buses drop off migrants and start a new shelter request. Is 60 days enough time to find a place to live?
1: I mean, absolutely not, because we have the history for the last, you know, I've been a volunteer for now almost eight months. We've seen that uh, people do not have enough time. Um, We need to stress the importance of work permits, because without work permits, people cannot really get on their feet and start um, becoming um, sort of independent in this country. And so if we can work collectively with our uh, state government to be able to process these work permits, quicker than people would be able to much uh, faster be able to find housing and unfortunately the case is it's a catch-22 right if you don't have a work permit you can't work um, unless you're working under the table and you're not supposed to do that when you're an asylum seeker Um, and then so then that creates another issue of trying to find housing when we can't really show proof of income.
0: I mean given the language barriers the lack of work and other circumstances I would imagine that There's going to be a lot of extension filings.
1: Lots of extension filings, um, lots of uh, trauma being relived, right? Because as as they're coming to this country, they've been through a lot of trauma. Now, you know, they have a place to sleep, especially in this winter that we still have people at police stations currently. Um, Now they have, uh, you know, some sort of security, but 60 days goes by really quickly when there are no resources, when people cannot uh, obtain a city key ID, when they cannot get a work permit. So there's a lot of barriers that are not being uh, dealt with to be able to give people the tools they need to be able to um, become independent.
0: How is this information being communicated to the folks who are at the shelters
1: well, I think there is a lot of miscommunication, first of all. Um, we know that a lot of employees at shelters don't do the best of work, don't have the best people skills, and sometimes don't even have Spanish-speaking uh, employees, and so there is a lot of miscommunication um, people coming back to us that, you know, we've been in communication with for months with asking us questions when volunteers don't even have clarity on some of these questions that are being asked for. So. As much as we want to provide information, data to our friends at shelters and at police stations, the information is still not being rolled out completely to us volunteers. So we are just as um, unaware of some of the uh, the um, next steps and and some of the um, you know issues that are going to arise in the next 60 days for sure.
0: And Deborah, is this where the volunteers come in to communicate? And what kind of reactions are you hearing from asylum seekers?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was with one of the migrants who stays at the um, Armory Shelter in Edgewater um, when the Armory announced that they were having an emergency meeting that afternoon. This was on Friday um, to announce these changes, and and then she reported later how the meeting went. And essentially, they just told them what the limitations were. They didn't they didn't tell them. Um, where they were going to go, what their options were, how they were going to get extra support. And so it just caused a lot of anxiety. Um, they're all just very nervous now. And and so this one migrant, I've been trying to help find an apartment, and I can attest to how difficult it is because um, they don't have credit. They don't have a credit history. They don't have um, working papers. They don't have... Um, you know, they can't prove income, um, many of them are, you know, struggling to get um, transit, transient jobs here and there, um, so landlords don't want to sign these leases, you know, and so we, we, we're just banging our heads again, you know, me and I was even, you know, here I was, you know, an English speaker um, paving the path for her with landlords, you know, calling them and talking to them directly, and I still couldn't make any inroads in getting an apartment. So there's just a lot of anxiety and, and lack of clarity in what's going to happen after 60 days are up.
0: Erica, this happened on a Friday, and we're heading into the Thanksgiving holiday. What kinds of changes do you anticipate volunteers having to make to provide services? And, you know, is this, is this a burden on the volunteers?
1: yes it's been a burden for the last you know nine months and for some people that have been doing this a lot longer two of the stations were decompressed this weekend so there are uh zero uh people at two police stations and we're hoping that that's going to continue but a lot of the time the miscommunication that happens is unbelievable. We are as volunteers supposed to be almost available 24 seven to uh, city employees to be able to help, to be able to assist um, and, and to be able to help with families. And so um, it's a very difficult week thinking ahead, right? We all also wanna spend time with our own families that have been uh, put in the back burner for, for, for some months as well a lot of our families are traveling we are traveling as well and so we're trying to do our best to catch up and to be present and to and to assist the city with what we can Um, moving people um, hopefully with the decompressions that are supposed to happen but that also creates a little bit of chaos as as it was mentioned people are moving being moved to shelters now but not knowing what the next steps are going to look like in the next 30 to 60 days which is heartbreaking to see our families and you know in such uh inconvenience right in a way where there's so many unknowns and that doesn't help the situation with um feeling you know nervousness feeling like uh we fail them um and a lot of the times they feel the volunteers have um, a lot to do with this and unfortunately that's not the case this is you know being uh, brought down to us as volunteers from the city
0: The other element here is the amount of rental assistance given to migrants currently within the shelter system is being cut in half and then phased out altogether for new people. How has it worked out for people who have gotten the six months of rental assistance? Erica, are you able to answer that question? Yeah,
1: we have had very little success, but we celebrate, you know, even the small wins. Um, I've personally been able to help about five to six families move into permanent housing. We've been able to um, help them furnish their apartments, um, help them, you know, everything from pots and pans to Heaters, um, because a lot of the times the gas company won't turn on the heat right away. And so, you know, I know that there's so many more families um, still in need, but we also want to take a moment to celebrate, even though there's small wins, every family that is able to get into housing is definitely something to, um, you know, to celebrate and to be thankful for, especially in this time of year that, you know, we have so many families um, and, and individuals sleeping outdoors. And so we're going to continue to push forward and continue to stress to landlords the importance of um, opening their doors and to give an opportunity to someone that wants to succeed and that wants to make Chicago their home.
0: Deborah, I want to ask you, if you have six months of rental assistance, but you don't have a work permit and you're struggling to find a job, how are the families working and after six months, how are they even expected to stay? What is the infrastructure around trying to support these families?
2: Well, that's, that's one of the huge problems. The case management has stopped once they get them into a housing. Um, there's been no follow-through with the city. Um, so they're plopped into these vacant apartments. They're given at most a mattress, maybe a little bookshelf. Um, they have no cooking supplies. They have no, you know, nothing to, to furnish their apartment with. They have no money. And then some of them are put in the suburbs where there's um, very little access to public transportation. Um, some of them just, you know, are in the, um, in the city, but they don't, they may also ha- um, have difficulty getting to a train, to a bus. Um, and, and so a lot of them, you know, they're finding little jobs here and there at most, Um, but, you know, under the table, if they're lucky, Um, but they're just really scrambling. What I've seen, I've not seen very many who have found full-time work um, that pays enough to pay their rent. So um, it's a real problem. So at the end of six months, um, we're getting news of some of them losing their apartments and um, scrambling to, like, squeeze into a friend's apartment, for example, you know, with... So, you know, one family squeezing into a—I a, mean, two families squeezing into a two bedroom, for example. Um, and so or they're going did, back to the shelters.
0: Do you find that people, once they understand these circumstances, do they want to move into an apartment or do they think, you know what, maybe the shelter is a better place for me?
2: Well, th- generally, they really want to move into their place. They really want to work. Um the nobody's really sitting down with them that I, I've I've never heard of a social worker sitting down with them and working out a budget. So I think um, you know, they're they're going sometimes they have they don't have a clear sense of like what it costs to maintain an apartment, how many hours a week you have to work. Um so they're you know, I, I've sat down with um one of the women I'm working with and we she was about to take a 1800 dollars a month apartment. A single mom with two young kids, and I had to break down the budget for her. And I'm like, even if you're lucky enough to get twenty dollars an hour under the table, you can't. You still are not going to be able to afford this rent. Um, Is eighteen hundred um, a typical rent that you're seeing? Ex- rents are expensive. I mean, we're seeing anywhere from um, forty you know, twelve hundred on up. Um, to, and this, the eighteen hundred one was um, not even. It it wasn't. You know, it was in a west side neighborhood where apartments are cheaper than on the north northeast side. You know, and yet that was that was the going rate there. Um, so, so even with Catholic Charities funding, it's like they they're going there without. Very often, without a an understanding of what it's going to take to maintain that rent, and then not getting adequate um, work to be able to sustain it, and then not on top of the rent through all the you know electricity, all the utilities, and all of that that they're not aware of until until these bills hit them. So,
0: well, Governor Pritzker announced last week that the state is going to invest 160 million dollars into resettlement efforts. Um, Erica, can you quickly tell me what this money is supposed to do and what are your hopes for those services?
1: Well, I'm not sure what the money is supposed to do, but I hope that there is some transparency and that there is um, some checks and balances with the money so it's spent properly, so it reaches our migrant families, so it reaches the right hands to be able to stretch the dollar, right, especially in this time where there's so much need, and to be able to then have these sessions um, that assist our families to understand how the economy works in this country, the responsibilities that everyone has on a monthly basis, um, because there's so much more than just being able to get a check to pay a rent. We're going to have
0: to leave it there, Erica. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with Erica Viegas, a volunteer at the 8th District Police Station Response Team, and Deborah Michaud, who's a volunteer with Refugee Support Chicago. Thank you both.